Welcome to Back in Quarters. I'm Dave Mellon. Before we get started, if you like our content, like this video, subscribe to our YouTube channel, and hit the notification bell so that you find out every time we add new content. We'd also like to thank our sponsor, Fire Facilities Incorporated. Based in Wisconsin and formed in 1989, it's their mission to provide safe and efficient training towers to firefighters all across the world. So today we wanted to talk about smoothbore nozzles. And when I say that, I cringe inside because it's 2023 and we're still talking about smoothbore versus fog. Uh, but the whole reason why I wanted to talk to you guys is not what you think. So w traditionally, when we talk about smoothbore versus fog, it's one nozzle versus the other. And what I've found is that the reason that we're arguing that point is lost on a lot of people. It's not necessarily one nozzle versus another. What we're really talking about is high pressure versus low pressure. And it's my belief that the smoothbore is ruining the American Fire Service culture because people won't listen to you when you talk about smoothbore nozzles. We still have a lot of people that don't believe in them, and that's fine. I'm not here to tell you which nozzle you should have or which one you should buy. I'm here to tell you about the differences between high pressure and low pressure. So before we get started, I wanna talk about the difference between the fog nozzles and the difference in the smoothbore, because there are a ton of differences that people don't always necessarily understand. So the three main types of the fog nozzle, we have the automatic, selectable gallonage, and fixed gallonage. So the automatic has a spring and a baffle. The more pressure that I put through the nozzle, the further out that baffle moves and the more water that comes out. So you can have a range of 20 to 200, uh, 95 to 150. It just depends on what brand or what model you buy. But the one thing that's constant with that is that my stream is gonna look the same whether it's under-pressured or over-pressured. They're all gonna look fine. So it's kind of deceitful it makes you think that you have a great stream and that you have great pressure because it's gonna create its own back pressure which keeps the line stiff if it's under pressured and if it's over pressured, it opens the orifice more so you don't necessarily get as much back pressure. Uh, so there's a lot of moving parts and unless you're maintaining that nozzle, it's kind of a bag of tricks. You never know what you're gonna get. So then there's the fixed gallonage and the fixed gallonage is kind of the I would say the best option between the two, um, but it's also the simplest. So there's a stem and an orifice and the stem moves out to the right pressure when it's pressurized. So if I have a driver operator who opens the line halfway and I open that line to bleed out the air and I don't get a good stream, I automatically know that that is not something that I wanna go into a fire with. Uh, and so it's correctable. If I overpressurize it, it's not going to go beyond what it's pressurized and set for. So I'm gonna get a ton of nozzle reaction and I'm gonna know right away, hey, I have way too much pressure coming out of this thing. You need to back it down. Um, and then kind of a mix of the two is the selectable gallonage. So basically, if you think about an old style camera with the aperture, as I adjust that aperture down, that, that lens closes and gets smaller. Um, you can look at it the same way as your pupil, right? So for us in the fire service, if I start out with 200 GPM, and it's set to that, and then I go down to 95 GPM, I have to communicate that back to my driver. And if I don't communicate that back, 
what ends up happening is I'm overpressurized. I'm getting a ton more nozzle reaction. Uh, and that's a problem in and of itself. What happens more often though, is that we have people who are sitting it at 95 and they're using it until they get a good knock on the fire or what they think is a good knock on the fire. Uh, and then they're opening it up to 150. Well, the problem with that is if I open it up bigger, I have to put more pressure through to get the same GPM or more. So what we find a lot of times is that people will open up from 95 GPM to 150 or 200 GPM and their stream all of a sudden looks like crap. So it's, you have to understand the difference between what you're doing and how you're communicating with your driver operator. And it takes two to tango. So if the driver operator isn't pumping it at the right pressure, or if you're changing it and not telling them, everything's going to work the opposite of what you want it to. So when we get into the smooth bore nozzle, and I think what a lot of people like about it is that it's binary, it's on and off. There's no fog tip to rotate, to get a different stream. I know that if I open the bale, water comes out. And if I shut the bale, it shuts off. The other side of it is it has nothing on the inside. If you take a smooth bore nozzle and look down the center of it, it is a completely open hole from one end to the other. And there's nothing in there to impede the water coming out. If you get small chunks of ice or debris, it's going to come straight through. And depending on what size tip you get, uh, you can get a really good knock on a fire at 50 PSI and it's not that taxing on you. So what I've found, and in my experience, when I started out in the fire service, fog nozzles were still the craze, right? Like everybody had 100 PSI fog nozzles. There were a couple 75 PSIs floating around. But when somebody said smoothbore nozzle, they were talking about the old butterfly play pipe thing that had the plastic handles. And nobody wanted to use that thing. It literally sat there in the compartment and we never used it. And so as I moved on in my fire service career, starting about seven or eight years ago, there was this huge push for smoothbore nozzles and everybody started going to classes and getting to see them and use them. And all of a sudden they realized, Hey, this smoothbore is great. I really like using it. It's less nozzle reaction. I can get more flow than what I'm doing right now with the stuff that we have on our truck. And so what did they naturally do? They went back and they talked to their chief or whoever makes the purchasing decisions. And they said, Hey, we need smoothbore nozzles. Therein lies the problem. We're talking about two different things. You're not wanting to buy a smoothbore nozzle. I mean, you might be, and I love smoothbore nozzles that if I could just use those for the rest of my career, I'd be happy. But what you're actually saying is I want to move from high pressure to low pressure and you can achieve the same thing with the fog nozzle. So that's where I think this whole thing has been kind of misconstrued is that when people go back and they talk to their chief, if I walk in and I tell my chief, Hey, I want to buy a smoothbore nozzle. They can just say, no, I don't want smoothbores. I don't believe in them. You're not getting them. The conversation's over. If I go in and I say, hey, chief, I really like low pressure nozzles. I know we run 100 or 75. We should maybe look at going to 50 PSI. There's less nozzle reaction. You can get the same amount of flow or more. Uh, and it's easier for our crews to handle with one or two people instead of three or four. That's something that they might bite onto. And in my experience, when I had my transition from fog to smoothbore, that's exactly how we did it. We had a chief that was super anti-smoothbore. He didn't want anything to do with it. Um, you know, he just thought that it was like the newfangled thing that was out there on the interweb. And so what we did is we talked him into break apart nozzles with fog tips. That was the first step. He bit onto that. We got, you know, 100 PSI fog nozzle tips, even though we didn't want them. Uh, and then a few years later, when that chief left, we got a new chief and he was super all about smoothbore. So he's like, hey, take those things off. 
order a hundred and some dollar tip and make it a smooth bore. And that's what we did. Now, in my experience, what I didn't know at the time that I wish I did uh, was that your hose and nozzle package has to match each other. So what I mean by that is if I take the thinnest liner hose on the market and put it with a low pressure nozzle, it's not going to work. It doesn't have enough structure to keep it from kinking. And all you're going to do is fight the kinks and everybody's going to hate it. So moving forward, what we figured out is that a lot of our older hose worked better with the smoothbore nozzle. And the reason why is because it had the EB, EPDM rubber, uh, which is the older, thicker liner. And so what we found really quickly was a lot of people preferred using the older hose to the lighter weight, thinner wall stuff. And so I'm not saying that you have to do that. I mean, there's ways around it, but you really need to look at, okay, does our hose support this? And maybe if your hose doesn't support it, you need to transition slowly and start with that break apart. Um, or you can get a smaller orifice smoothbore. So like a seven eighths uh, versus a 15 sixteenths. If I have a lighter weight hose, I'm probably gonna get a seven eighths, which is 160 at 50. And I'm gonna over pump it to compensate for that lack of rigidity. We've found some really good success doing that, um, and it's worked really well for us. Now, since that time, we've transitioned all of our hose over to that thicker rubber liner, and now we don't have any issue because the thicker liner works with all of the pressures versus the thinner liner only working with high pressure. Um, so, you know, I think a lot of it is just understanding that the argument is not necessarily with the smoothbore or the fog, it's high pressure versus low pressure. And if you like, the high pressure, that's fine. I'm not here to tell you what to buy. I'm not here to tell you how to run your department. What I'm telling you is that if you're low staffed or if you frequently run fires where you might have to stretch two lines and split your crew, having a low pressure nozzle really does help. Uh, and if you can get the right hose with the right nozzle combination, it makes the world of difference. I would say it's life altering. Uh, for me personally, when I started using those, I was like, where have these been my entire career? Uh, and I know a lot of people that had the same reaction, but I got to be honest with you. You know, I just went through a promotional process uh, here a couple weeks ago, and one of the people that was on my review panel when I was doing my tactical scenario uh, on a commercial fire, I said I was going to split my crew in two, and I'm going to have two people take a two and a half and do fire tech, and I'm going to have two people go do a search uh, ahead of those line. And one of the reviewers made the comment after I had walked out of the room, and I found this out later after the uh, process was over, that one of the reviewers made the comment that I was crazy for thinking that two people could take a two and a half inch smoothbore and go fight fire with it, that that was impossible. And the other reviewers on the panel kind of looked over at this person and said, well, actually you can. And it blows my mind that it's 2023 and we're still having these conversations. Now, if they don't believe that you can have a two and a half inch smoothbore nozzle, uh, that's fine. But that's probably the same person that's running 150 or 200 GPM fog tip at 100 PSI on three inch hose and doesn't realize that there's better things out there. So uh, I think that it's important for us to understand kind of the argument that we're making and to word it correctly. Now, to top it off, if you have a chief who's super progressive and super open-minded and you can walk in and say, hey chief, I think we need to do this or hey, purchasing person or uh, purchasing committee, this is what we want. That's great. And I've known a lot of people that have wholeheartedly dove first, you know, both feet in uh, on smooth bores and it wasn't that big of a fight. So 
I want to hear what you guys think. I want to hear uh, your comments down in the comments section. Uh, I'm going to put some material out there. There's Dennis Laguerre, uh, the late Andy Fredericks with Little Drops. Uh, there's so much material out there. Um, you know, Jonathan Brumley, Aaron Fields, uh, Justin Mann. There's so many people out there that do such a good job talking about the difference of high-performance nozzles, high-pressure versus low-pressure, smoothbore versus fog. Um, and, and so I want to share that with you guys. So I'm going to put some information in the comment section below. Um, but please let me know what you think. And until the next time, take care, be safe, and think about how you pitch the smoothbore.